0: The all-new Chevy Colorado is made for more. Stacked with the latest in-vehicle technologies like a class-leading 11-inch diagonal center touchscreen
1: and an extra-large wireless charging pad. Plus, it features wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto compatibility to make staying connected easy wherever your adventure takes you.
0: Chevy Colorado, made for more. Learn more at chevrolet.com slash truck Colorado. Claims based on latest competitive data.
1: This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman.
0: Welcome to episode 110 of the On the Banks podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Thanks so much for joining us once again. We'll start this week with big news for Rutgers Athletics. The Rutgers women's soccer team has clinched at least a share of the school and program's first ever regular season Big Ten team title uh, with a win over Michigan State this past Sunday appropriately on Senior Day. The senior class has meant so much to the program led by Amira Ali, three-time All-American, and Gabby Provenzano, all Big Ten performer and captain as well. Uh, really unbelievable news. This uh, program coached by Mike O'Neill has it's, – it's really appropriate. They've been the best – most successful and consistent Rutgers team over the past five to seven years, making the NCAA tournament every year. Uh, and finally breaking through and winning that big 10 title. There's two games left on the season. They are currently eight and O in big 10 play. They uh, started, uh, they went into the season winning their first four lost two in a row. A heartbreaker blew a three, one lead to Princeton lost four to three at home and then lost at Georgetown and then really have just responded the way a championship team does. And they've, they've won every big 10 game they've had. They're at eight. No, they're 13 and two overall. They're ranked number nine in the country. Uh, As of now, uh, the poll will come out this week, but all they need in the remaining two games, uh, which is at Indiana on Thursday, October 21st, uh, Indiana is a good team. They're nine, three, and four, three, two, and three in in big 10 play. And then at Illinois, on Sunday, October 24th, and they are in 13th place with one 6-1 and one Big Ten record. All Rutgers needs to do is tie either of those games, and they win an outright title. So, uh, really huge moment for Rutgers, huge moment for Rutgers women's soccer. Obviously, uh, this team has bigger goals with postseason play on the horizon, um, but really just fantastic news, uh, the, the reaction from Rutgers fans this weekend and, and early this week. Has really been great to see how happy people are. Uh, and I think, you know, we can all say it's the first of many and a great accomplishment for Rutgers women's soccer. So uh, I think the thing about this team is they're so balanced, you know, so many different goal scorers and uh, balanced offensive attack. Bradley Tiernan, freshman, has clearly been a difference maker on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Frankie Ferry, the All-American transfer for Penn State, Uh, leads the team in points, uh, and has just been fantastic. And really, I think the leadership of of Ali and uh, Provenzano uh, making it all work with the younger players and Taglia Ferry coming over, um, it's really just been a pleasure to watch this team uh, mature and develop and be able to do what they've done. So plenty of opportunity for them uh, as the season remains, but uh, certainly an extremely celebratory and noteworthy accomplishment uh, and we are going to have uh, head coach Mike O'Neill and uh, a couple of the players on the podcast uh, next week. Uh, moving on, field hockey, unbelievable as well. Ranked number three nationally, beat number eight Maryland for the first time since joining the Big Ten last Friday. Really a huge win for them. Then they beat uh, Columbia uh, over the weekend. Um, but that win over Maryland... Put them at four and one in Big Ten play. It's tied a program best for four conference wins, um, and they've now beaten nine ranked opponents, four in the top ten. They just continue to make history. Now they have a huge matchup uh, this Friday at number two Michigan, who did just lose in a shootout to Iowa, who is the front runner and and clearly going to win the Big Ten regular season title. Rutgers and Michigan are tied for second at four and one both in the top three nationally. So it's, it's just, I mean, the Big Ten in, in all sports is, is absolutely loaded, but field hockey is no exception. But this records field hockey team, although they're not going to win the regular season title, um, they are hosting the Big Ten tournament uh, from November 4th to 7th. So there is an opportunity there. And I'm really excited to see what this team can do in the NCAA tournament. Again, just like women's soccer, extremely balanced scoring attack. Milana uh leads the team with six goals and, and starred this weekend. Um, scoring in both games. Um, and Gianna Glatz, I think, is the key, uh, the All-American goalkeeper. Uh, I wouldn't say she struggled earlier in the year, but it took her a little bit, I think, to get going. Uh, she started the year with Team USA, um, but she made a career-high 12 saves against Maryland. She made uh, had another uh, good game. They've had four consecutive shutouts now, um, which is also another program record. So uh, more to come with field hockey, but a lot to be excited about heading into the postseason, both for Women's soccer and field hockey, men's soccer hanging on, uh had a big win at Northwestern this past weekend. Uh two to one win for Jim McKeldry's team. Uh really had to have it after uh winless uh, over their last four games. They're um now eight, three, and two overall, two, three and one in the Big Ten. And they have a huge matchup this Friday at Michigan. Both teams have seven points and are tied for fifth place. So a win really uh, catapults them up the standings and keeps them in contention for NCAA tournament play. I think a loss pretty much will end that run. Um, although progress could still obviously be made, especially in the big 10 tournament coming up. I think it's obvious that that program's headed in the right direction, um, but it's going to take time, but a win on Friday in Michigan would really go a long way. And then you have women's volleyball, which we know is in a completely different stage from everywhere else. They are 0 and eight now in, in uh, big 10 play, although they did, they did have a little bit of progress in terms of they lost at number 15 Penn State, but they did win a set last weekend, which was their first set they took off Penn State and believe it or not, 20 years. So, you know, it's the small steps in the rebuilding process for them uh, that's going to be essential. They do play Maryland uh, this week on Wednesday, which is a team they beat twice last year. It's going to be on the Big Ten Network Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Check out uh, Caitlin Schweighoffer's team with an opportunity to get their first conference win of the season. Uh, Won't touch too much on football this week. Uh, It's a bye week, Uh, obviously extremely disappointing loss at Northwestern. We've written about it a a bit. Uh, We're going to have plenty of coverage and articles coming out on on the banks uh, in the next few days, plenty to digest, and we'll pick it back up here on the podcast next week. What I really wanted to focus on and what uh, this episode is all about, believe it or not, winter season is approaching. And we're going to preview the Rutgers wrestling program here today. Uh, very excited to have Anthony Ashnault, the all-time wins leader in Rutgers history, national champion 2019, now current Rutgers assistant coach in his first season, here to help preview the team and also talk about his journey. Uh, he was at, uh, competed in the Olympic trials uh, this past year, and then also just his transition into coaching and And everything that that has gone with it. But he's really excited about this team. And as should everybody else. So excited to talk about them. You know, last season was extremely disjointed uh, with COVID. Uh, There's only four matches. um, But it didn't prevent them from making program history with three All-Americans for the first time. uh, With Sebastian Rivera, John Posnanski, and Jackson Turley all getting on the podium at Nationals. Really remarkable considering the season uh, and the lack of opportunities uh, for them to compete to be able to to be ready and perform at that level uh, at the NCAA championships is really remarkable. The team is ranked number 14th going into the season with intermat rankings, and they have eight different wrestlers starting the season. Ranked Sebastian Rivera is ranked number three at 133 pounds. Posnacki is ranked number five at 184. Turley is number eight at 174 pounds. And then you have a, a slew of other wrestlers. Sammy Alvarez is 13th at 141. Greg Bolzak is number 15 at 197 pounds. Michael Van Brill, veteran number 27, ranked at 149. Number 31, Dylan Shaver, at 125 pounds. And Robert Kennard is ranked 33rd at 157 pounds. So you have eight eight uh, different weight classes uh, in the lineup starting the season uh, ranked it's a really difficult schedule, as always, um, but they open up on November 7th uh, at the rack, first time with fans, and, and two seasons, obviously, they'll host Binghamton, Cleveland State, and New Jersey City University, uh, and then they'll head to North Carolina soon after that for a quad meet with Davidson, uh, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, and Clarion, uh, but really, their first big, big test of the season is the Garden State Grapple at the Prudential Center. Thanksgiving weekend, uh, they'll face Hofstra and number 16, North Carolina. They'll be in the Midlands championship again this year at Northwestern. And then they have a a bunch of uh, ranked opponents within the big 10. They have Ryder back on the schedule. Princeton's on the schedule. So um, always a challenging slate. I think after last year, not having that non-conference it's going to be exciting to see them have a full slate. Once again, a lot to be excited about with this roster. And to talk about it all, we now welcome in Anthony Ashnall. It's my pleasure to now welcome in the only four time All American and three time Big Ten champion in Rutgers wrestling program history, the 2019 NCAA champion at 149 pounds, undefeated record, now assistant coach for Rutgers wrestling, Anthony Ashnall. Anthony, thanks so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to talk some wrestling, some Rutgers wrestling, especially. So, I'm excited.
0: So just to start, wanted to ask, obviously you were uh, participated in the uh, U.S. Olympic Trials this past spring. Uh, you uh, beat uh, Cor- uh, Cornell's former national champion, uh, Nishan Garrett, uh, went to the quarterfinals. How was that entire experience and what are your future plans for yourself on the map? Uh,
1: that experience was re- really Really good. You know, my first time wrestling in the Olympic team in Olympic team trials. Uh, That's a was a goal of mine since being a kid. Uh, I I went to the Olympic trials as a spectator for the first time um, in 2012. And that was like an eye opening experience when I went as a spectator and I was like, I want to compete here one day. So when uh, when that chance finally came after a collegiate career and jumping, jumping up levels, each, couple, each year or each couple of years jumping up a couple of levels and it was exciting. It was a dream that I like had for a long time, a goal that I had for a long time. Um, I didn't cu- quite accomplish what I wanted to or what I felt like I had the potential to, but uh, definitely it's uh, was a learning experience, you know, win-, win, lose, we always learn. So I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my wrestling and definitely things that I took in for future competitions and future just, teaching my athletes to uh, teach them lessons that maybe I learned from that tournament, but it was a good experience. Even just the training into it during COVID overcoming a lot of adversity. I think the whole world had to overcome some adversity during that time period, but to train for uh, the biggest event of my life during that timeframe of COVID uh, that was, its, that had its own hurdles and obstacles. And I'm grateful for it because it made me, it made me really self-dependent in different ways. And uh, just a lot of different things that went and in, went into preparing for that event that wasn't wasn't normal whether it was training alone or training with fewer amount of people or with restrictions or getting covid tested every day at Rutgers, you know we made it happen and it was a it was a great it was a great thing in the end even though it wasn't what we wanted
0: well and i should have mentioned you know going into that you did win the gold medal at the pan am games to qualify for the trials do you have your eyes set on any future events with team usa
1: yeah like the olympics happened this summer then they had a world championships as well since the olympics was postponed so like if there was ever an off season for like we're actually considered amateurs somehow but we're pretty much (laughs) the highest level wrestlers and we're professionals i'd say the the season for the senior level athletes right now is kind of like off season but uh you know, when the schedule gets announced about the next next year's tournaments and the leading up process to the world team trials, um, I fully expect to participate in uh, not all the tournaments because I'm coaching full time now, but um, at least one or two to qualify me for the trials and then gear up for the next next trials. And I've had a nice little mental break. The, the trials were in April and um, I definitely took a not a hiatus, but just a break mentally from thinking about competing thinking about where my di- what I'm putting in my body of a diet. It's been, it's been really nice. I've been able to enjoy life a little bit, not that I wasn't, but uh, living a little bit normal, but it also makes me really hungry to get back to a system and uh, training for myself, not just training the guys as a coach. So I'm excited to have that on the horizon, but for right now, it's just kind of staying in somewhat good shape, wrestling with the guys every day, giving all my knowledge I can to them. And at the same time, with the sport of wrestling, it's a combat sport. So as a coach, you're wrestling with the guys every day, and you know it keeps you in pretty good shape just doing that. But uh pretty soon here, I'm planning on starting my own little training and uh, focus into whatever it may look like.
0: So let's talk about that transition to coaching. You officially joined the program as an assistant coach uh, this past spring. Uh, coach Goodell had talked about how he's kind of groomed you for this role. How? How? I guess how long was his? Uh, process in in trying to court you and i guess when did you decide that this was the right next step for you in your career
1: i think that uh he was just always wanting me to stay involved in the program and whether whatever that looked like whether it was just a full-time athlete competing towards the olympics and world championships or if i wanted to be a coach that route and i think he just really wanted me because of everything that's happened in the last 10 years and how much we built it and uh I guess how much I was a part of that, that he felt like, you know, he really wanted to do everything he could to make sure that I wanted to stay and that what was needed, like not what was needed in anything crazy, just like for what I saw in my future, he wanted to make sure that lined up with Rutgers and Rutgers wrestling, especially. So he did kind of anything he he could. And, you know, when the time was right, I think I was just focused on that uh, Olympics, You know, originally it was 2020, so it wasn't that far away. But when it got postponed all year, you know, I think that delayed what we both thought would be the next move and being starting to coach. But I was very, very dedicated to trying to achieve that goal of making the Olympic team and winning an Olympic gold medal for USA. And I just wanted to sell out on that during that time period. And I felt like if I started coaching sooner than that, it would take away from from that goal. And um, the start time of June right after that trials was kind of a great start date because it was a downtime for me and it was a time to just kind of get my feet wet in the recruiting scene for wrestling right away and kind of learn the responsibility all leading up into the preseason and season and and now it's like we hit the ground running with the season and i'm still learning a lot and uh not playing catch up or anything but just learning a lot as i go and it's been a really good process
0: so you obviously, you know, you've, you have a great relationship with, with Goodell. It goes back about a decade, like you said. Uh, has there been any kind of eye-opening uh, or maybe different perspective now that you're on the other side of it as a coach? Maybe, you know, the, the way he communicates or tries to get messages across that you looked at it one way when you were wrestling for him and now that you're beside him on, on the bench – um, maybe look at it a little bit different way or maybe understand it better what he's trying to do.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's a tough position to be any type of college coach in any sport, especially the head coach. Um, sometimes, you know, you're getting instruction from people above you or people that are donating money to your program and things like that. And the way that he manages all the relationships and, and things going on is very impressive. And uh, I could definitely learn a lot from it because it's almost one of those it's one of those jobs where you don't always get to choose when you have to like be on like you just kind of always have to be on. You always have to be excited about the conversation. you always have to be talking like Rutgers wrestling what's going on. if a guy's not doing great, you kind of still have to say he's doing great like there's just <laughs> so many little little things and little combos that you know I'm learning I'm a young kid I just got out of that that scene of being the athlete and uh, sometimes when guys, maybe aren't, aren't training the way I used to train or the intensity I used to give and the passion I gave to the sport. Maybe it like discourages me a little bit with those kind of things that I was just outlining about coach Goodell doing well. And, you know, those are one of the, that's one of the areas that definitely I'm aware of and trying to work on, you know, just keeping that switch on and being excited, no matter what the circumstances and changing the negative conversations to positive ones, whether it's a guy, a kid's having a bad day and, not trying to focus on he had a bad workout today, but maybe trying to fix the root of the problem and talk to the kid and get get it more positive because as a coach, sometimes we could do that too, and just kind of it could be a twenty nine guys doing the great having a great practice and one guy not and you're you're a little beat up about that one guy not having a great day um so learning learning how to manage those all those little relationships between kid to kid and athlete to athlete or or coach to coach and um you know, I'm really learning on as I go on the fly a little, but at the same time, uh, I feel really comfortable with it because some of these guys I watched grow up wrestling in New Jersey or I've even wrestled with them at different levels. And for the most part, everyone really respects me, which is awesome, which was something I was really nervous about being a young coach, just having too friendly of a relationship. But uh, all the guys have responded super, super well. Um, and very, it's very encouraging for me. They they really respect my craft what i do in the room and um they look a lot of them look at me for whether it's technique advice or just a situation in their life advice and uh you know that's what i really signed up for this signed up to do this for i would i want to impact kids lives and maybe help them accomplish more than i have or help them accomplish what i have done sooner or in an easier way um, just through the lessons that i've learned
0: well, in talking about that, obviously, you know, you're, you're able to relate to a lot of them in terms of, you know, you're only a couple of years removed yourself from, from competing for Rutgers. Obviously, college athletics is changing very quickly. You know, name, image and likeness rights just happened uh, over the summer, pretty much right after your college career. And you, you, you really kind of jumped on, um, you know, promoting your brand, the Mobbin brand, um, you know, Malka uh, Agency. I know you're, you have a relationship with them. How has that kind of helped you as a coach now kind of have your own experience and and how have you kind of advised or helped, um, you know, the the wrestlers that you have now in terms of exploring that new opportunity, uh, having NIL rights
1: for the first time? Uh, It's awesome. Uh, But legally, as a coach, we're not allowed to cross that line and helping them get NIL sponsorships, because then it's like crossing the line in kind of terms of like agents and. uh, Right and runners or uh, there's a term for people that are like the middleman for agents. Uh, So we're not allowed to like really guide them into what roles, what NILs or like a company that might have a good relationship with me. I can't like be like, Hey, Sebastian Rivera, like talk to this (laughs) person. I'll I'll connect you in a text. Um, So that's like, in my eyes, that's unfortunate because I could definitely help a lot of our athletes and connect them. And uh, it's like, if we're gonna allow some of this stuff to happen, why not just let it all happen? That's what I think. But uh, at the end of the day, I think it's awesome the NIL rule. I forget your question towards it. Besides me helping them, but I love that our athletes could go get these kind of these things. And um, of course, I wish I had it, but I'm not really like envious of them. I'm just supportive because wrestling's given me a lot of opportunity. Like you said, right when I graduated college, I started really marketing the mobbin brand and came up with the, the company mobbin media, which is like a wrestling content platform site on rockfin.com, which is a lot of youth we, we show a lot of youth wrestling on the site and we do a lot of youth events and we'll film the youth events so we could use it as content and different youth camps where we use we use as content. And it's really gave us a head start in uh, in having like a great database of all the top, top national level youth guys, because we're bringing in youth kids from California, Oregon, Arizona, Colorado, you name it, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania, New York. You know, we just had a tournament in South Plainfield High School last week, and uh, we had all those states represented that I just mentioned, and even more that I'm probably forgetting, Georgia, and these are all kids under eighth grade coming out wrestling these kind of events so it's been awesome and for me i see it as a long-term a long-term kind of plan to have these kids as many kids possible thinking about Rutgers university Rutgers wrestling and and kind of getting in their minds now about what's out there and what what's the new whether it's what's new jersey like and just kind of giving these kids opportunities at the same time as i'm doing that because these events are pretty cool we kind of set the finals up like it's try to like almost make it like it's the nca finals give them a red carpet to run down give them a run out song turn the lights off with spotlights so uh it's not just about getting the great kids we also try to put on a great production and really make it fun for the kids and bring guys like myself to teach if it's a camp uh different national champs or guys in in my network that are really good talented wrestlers so uh that's been a really fun venture and i think if i had the nil maybe it could have happened sooner things like this but At the same time, when you're in college, I was so like, I know Sebastian Rivera is kind of like this on our team now. You're so focused on the goal at hand that you don't even need some of those distractions. And um, like Sebastian, I know is like, yeah, whatever comes to me, comes to me. But I'm really focused on winning right now, whether it's the freestyle tournaments or the NCA national tournament. Like some of our guys are just they want to accomplish their goals. So that's a good feeling, too, because this NIL stuff probably could be really distracting. And um, when you're young and you don't really know where you want to go or what you want to do, I think that's a good thing to feel that way and just kind of hunker down. And, you know, you want those deals, but if they if you're the right person, the deals are going to come to you anyway.
0: So just talking, a uh, good jumping off point with Rivera, getting into the lineup in this year's team, um, you know, what has his addition meant to the program? Obviously, you know, uh, accomplished wrestler at Northwestern, uh, last year was you know, a, kind of a weird year for everyone, but um, he was still able to, to be All-American once again. Uh, what do you expect from him in his final year this year, and what has he meant just to, to uh, the rest of the guys in the wrestling room and his impact on the program?
1: Yeah, I expect him to be uh, competing for a national championship because he's got the talent. He works harder than I've, anyone really I've ever been around, and I've been around – the best of the best, you know, like guys that are winning the Olympics this year for team USA or world championships. I've been around those guys and, you know, he works just as hard, if not harder than some of those guys. So, um, there's no doubt that he could be a national champ. And I expect that from him, uh, as well as, you know, other guys in our room that are very talented as well. John Posnanski took fourth place last year. Um, and he, he, I expect him as well to be in that same position. Um, and then we got a lot of other talented guys. You know, Jackson Turley was an All American, and I think he could climb the podium even higher. We had a guy that missed the tournament, missed the Big Ten tournament because he got COVID the week before, two weeks before. Um, his name's Rob Canard. He was our 157 pounder, and um, he's one of the kids that I think would have been in the mix last year to like be like kind of Jackson Turley sneaking in an All American. So people don't realize how good he is because he missed the big 10 tournament and didn't get to wrestle postseason. but he's very talented. He's even like a leader by example, kind of in our room, never really doing things wrong. Just always, always there working hard. And um, I'm excited to see what, what he could do. Um, and it's been exciting to have some of the new freshmen in, and not that all of them are going to be in the lineup, but for me, that's like my first class because these other guys, I didn't, not that I really had a say in these other, these freshmen, cause I wasn't on the staff while I was recruiting them, but uh, it's been, it's nice because I have uh, I have a say in what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, right from the start of their career. And, you know, some of the older guys, not that I don't have a say, but, you know, if you're a senior in any sport, you kind of have your routines, you got your coaches that you like going to, you got your, you know, just what you, what, you know, you're successful, what, what, you know, um, for yourself, like routine wise and how to get the most out of yourself, you kind of figure that out. And um, I just, I really enjoy the process with the new guy, the young guys, because I feel like I could leave, uh, leave my footprint a little bit more.
0: Just talking about going back a little bit uh, about Posnanski in terms of what he did as a freshman and in a COVID year, you know, not having kind of a, well, not even close to having a normal season. Uh, how impressed were you by what he was able to accomplish and, and ultimately um, how has that kind of maybe helped him transition into his sophomore year here, going
1: in this season? Yeah, he accomplished something I couldn't do as a freshman. I had a, I didn't ha, like I not, I say I had to shirt because not that I had to like I got injured or nothing, but I if I wanted to be an All American my first year competing for Rutgers, I kind of needed to redshirt. I wasn't ready. I wasn't winning. I was losing in open tournaments. I was losing in the room. Um, I wasn't confident in myself yet, and uh, to do what he did as a freshman, true freshman, is very impressive, and um, it shows you that he has the talent to win a national title. If you're taking top four in the country, you you could easily be in the national finals. And if you go back and look at a semifinal match at the NCAA tournament, he he could have won that match. He was right in there. Um, it was a very close match, and um, I I just think he had a great summer. He had a great preseason he trains like a professional he lives like a professional um you know just like little things about his lifestyle he he loves to wake up at like 5 a.m pretty much four days five days a week and he'll either do like a little bike workout to warm his body like wake his body up and it's not about any kind of weight cut he kind of walks around close to his weight class but it's it's more like very he has a routine and a scientific approach to how he feels he could be at his best. He warms his body up in the morning, goes to get his breakfast in, comes back for team practice or team lift, gets another meal in, gets his gallon of water, possibly more. He's he's always carrying around a gallon of water. And the days he doesn't wake up and do that bike workout, he wakes up and goes to like hot yoga at six a.m. So like he's <laughs> he's a super professional because in my eyes, just because he's like living like one of those NFL quarterbacks that's going to like ballet. Like he's willing to just whatever he he. Kind of feels like he needs to get over that hump, and those things might aren't might not make you a national champ or might not make you successful. But mentally, mentally, he's becoming so strong this off season from those kind of things and staying true to that routine that I think it's going to pay off. Because when it comes down to time to compete, he's going to be reminding himself how much work he's put in, how much discipline he's put in his life, and all these different things he's been doing to make sure that he's successful on the mat. Like those those things go a long way when it's time to compete.
0: And, you know, you were talking about enjoying working with some of the younger guys. How important is it to have a guy like Paz that you can point to as a positive example and someone that's, you know, already done it, uh, you know, in terms of being an All-American and just leading by example, um, you know, not even intentionally as, as maybe a team leader, but just because he's so focused uh, in being successful.
1: Yeah, he's like, you know, he doesn't have to be vocal about like, Come on, guys, go harder. He doesn't have to be that kind of guy. He's just a leader by example. He's always coming in positive, smiling, which to me is almost better than being vocal. Like he's just a friendly, good guy. Got his teammates back. If anything, if anything's happening, in, in uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, but he's just you know he's bring he's the kind of guy that's bringing the morale of the room up um you'd almost be shocked if you met him on the street that he was a combat sport athlete like a wrestler that has to try to like beat kids up a little bit because he's that nice and um he's just a great kid he's had he's got a great little story and i mean i don't want to like ruin his privacy but you know he's had to over overcome difficulties in his life and i think that's what probably makes him the way he is and makes him such a good genuine guy and a very loving guy a very positive guy and Uh, it translates to the max. He has so much passion for what he does. And I think that's why he he does the above and beyond in terms of his routines, because he's so passionate about it. And just, I guess, the desire to maybe want to be great, want to fulfill everything he's got and his potential.
0: And touching on uh, Jackson Turley, I I don't think people realize how impressive the run he had at Nationals last year. And what, um, I guess, what does he need to do or what is he doing to make sure he takes that next step to have a, a, you know, a real complete season this year?
1: Uh, he's, he's very, 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 very talented. He's one of our most talented wrestlers in the room based off just like athleticism and feel for the sport kind of kid that does moves that you don't teach. And you're like, what was that? And just like, might be the first time he ever does it and he does it in a match that's live. Um, (laughs) and you know, with that and with a little bit of, uh, like discipline in his wrestling behind it, not discipline in his life, but just more like solid wrestling and, and very basic wrestling and and a good mix of both of those. He really can beat anybody in the country at his weight class. Um, And there's times in the wrestling room where he looks that way. So I'm excited to see what he does when the lights are on. And for Jackson too, I think it is about being consistent uh, in his routine, in his practice, coming to practice the same way every day. And he's been really working hard on that. And he's been he's been doing a lot of different things like coming in separate times in the team, just trying to get separate workouts in, different folk focused workouts going through different drill sets. And I think it's going to it's going to be great for him to do that and to continue to do more of that, because um, because like I was saying, he's such a free going wrestler and one of those guys doing not crazy moves because he, he does execute them well. Like we saw in that NCA run in the postseason run, he can do some cool things and pin guys, which is awesome, exciting wrestling. But when he can mix a balance of just basic wrestling with that, I think uh, with a good like cardio base, I think it's going to be really special to watch. So hopefully as a coaching staff, we could find that perfect balance with his help and really get him to the next stage, which would be to the top of the podium towards that top half
0: going through the lineup a little bit more uh Sammy Alvarez had a had a great uh freshman year in 2020 um you know he opens a year uh Intermat has him ranked 13th at, at 133 where do you expect him to wrestle this year and, and kind of what is he you know how has he developed and, and prepared to, to have have um, kind of a comeback season this year
1: yeah sammy i expect to wrestle at 133 and sebastian wrestle at 141 but mm-hmm. uh I think they're both going to be certified at 133 and we're going to figure it out as we go but Sebastian kind of has that say and where he wants to go he'll go and then you know Sammy's Sammy's really gearing up for 133 he's been making the weights we have our guys descend as the preseason goes down so one one Saturday in the preseason like Three weeks ago we'll have him make like 10 pounds over the weight class then the next saturday eight pounds over the weight class so on so on so on till they're down to scratch weight so sammy's been on that plan as well and he's been doing absolutely fine he's been working harder and more disciplined than i've ever seen him in three years past so for sammy i really think if he he keeps his pace and it's i'm kind of saying that for every guy but he really 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 is not that he had a good year last year even but he's doing he's doing really well compared Like in training wise, compared to maybe what he was doing last year. And um, he was doing great, but I think he's just on another level of focus and clarity about what he has to be doing to be successful at 133. Um, You know, I just think about today, he had a great day at practice. He was focused. He probably weighed out like 138, which isn't that far from his weight class. Um, And it's exciting because now it's like a complete team. We have a really good roster with him at 133. Uh, And I think the key is just to make sure not overly focused on the weight cut because, you know, wrestling starts getting taken away when you're only focused about losing weight and dieting. Right. But just making sure he doesn't have weeks where he does. We call it like yo-yo diet, like where you go. It's like a yo-yo. You go down, then you go up really high. So hopefully we could uh, have a plan where. You know, he he stays around the weight class, the weight he is right now and always in striking distance and making the weight class. So he he adjusts his body and he gets in really good shape at that size. And he's so dangerous because he's so long at that weight and he's not weak. He's a he's probably like five foot nine, five, ten. You know, he's very long for that weight class. And uh, like we saw some other guys at one thirty three, one forty one that are longer, they could be tough to wrestle, man. They they could cause a lot of problems.
0: And uh, Michael Van Brill, your former teammate, uh, obviously he, uh, you know, he, he's a two-time NCAA qualifier, finished third in the Big Ten Championships last year. What do you expect out of him and his uh, coming into this year?
1: Yeah, I'm excited for him. Uh, I've been working a lot with him outside of the wrestling room because he does a lot of uh, video editing kind of stuff. And with that mob and media content, media platform we use mikey a lot whether it's a highlight highlight video or just filming or taking pictures with the kids he does a great job with that so not all not all training being around him it's just been a pleasure to be closer to get closer and closer with them we were teammates so you know mikey mikey's my guy um i got his back for sure and i'm excited for his last year he's we were talking like very recently about all this stuff And I was like, all right, Mikey, like, it's time to put the camera away. Like, we got to focus on the season. Like, I know it's fun. You make some money on the side hustling doing it. But, you know, this is your last year. And I remember from my last year, I kind of put all those side hustles aside. And I put Instagram aside. I put Twitter aside. I put Facebook aside. And not that I was a robot for a couple months and just focused only on wrestling. But, uh, you know, I just, I had a, I lived my life outside of the room. And I, I lived a normal life. But I just took away some distractions that maybe were pulling my attention in the wrong, in the wrong way. And I advised my, we had that little mini talk about it and he was like already thinking it. He was like, yeah, man, I already, I was feeling that I was starting to get stressed out about different uh, obligations I got. So, so I'm super fired up that he's ready to do that because like that, it just feels like deja vu. I, I feel like for me, I did the same thing and it all, everything started clicking because he already lives a great lifestyle. He already trains very hard. He's got a very unique style. And I think taking some distractions away for him, he's going to find a lot of clarity in his wrestling and clarity in his life. And it's going to be an awesome senior year for him. Uh, He's going to be probably at 149. He's going to have not a, you know, it's not guaranteed a starting spot right away. He's going to have to get through a couple of good guys in our room, Gerard Angelo, being probably the main guy there. And, uh, you know, I expect Mikey, to have a really great year though so that'll be exciting and I, I expect them both to kind of push each other at that weight class and uh you know it'll be better for both of them and better for our team
0: last question for you anthony just in terms of kind of coming full circle you you know Rutgers has been such a big part of your life you've made such a big impact now in your new role as assistant coach and just how far the program has come when you were both a wrestler and, and now jumping in as an assistant but Rutgers overall, just in terms of joining the Big Ten and where they were, you know, when they joined and, and you've seen that up front now, you know, where Rutgers Athletics is as a whole. How special has that experience been? And, and really, I guess, how do you see the future both for Rutgers Wrestling and for Rutgers Athletics overall?
1: It's just very surreal. You know, the women's Big Ten team just won the Big Ten title, team title. And that's even surreal. I was I was really good friends with a lot of the girls soccer players and um you know they were very good when i was in college we made the final four in the ncaa tournament when i was in college of the girls soccer team and it's just cool to see all these sports growing field hockey's very highly ranked you know uh bat men's basketball been getting better and better every year girls basketball you know always been pretty dom not dominant dominant but you know always good with vivian and uh all these other sports are really coming along as well. Every sport at Rutgers, it's really exciting. With Greg Shiano back, he's put so much excitement into the Rutgers brand, that Rutgers Black R that he loves. You know, there's so much excitement in New Jersey. And yeah, like, it stinks to lose a couple of these football games, especially with all the excitement around everything. But uh, it's almost the opportunity for us as the wrestling team. We, not that we, we want the football team to be winning. I'm not saying that. But we also, you know, we want to also show the show everybody and show the community like we have winning teams you know we have the the field hockey team right now soccer team and wrestling and basketball and all these winter sports we expect to show out represent that block are in a way of a winning winning tradition um and we expect football to get to that point you know whether it's this year next or the following uh but we take pride in that also as Rutgers wrestling we take pride that We have been successful in the last couple of years and we have built this thing. And almost like, it's not, this isn't realistic, but we, we do hold the chip on our shoulder. Like we got the program on our back. We're gonna, we have that pride. And we talk about that to our team that this university expects us to put on a show, expects us to put 5,000 people in the stands, expects us to be competing with these top big 10 teams and even winning. And uh, that's clearly communicated between us, the coaches and the team and we get fired up about that that's a big big thing that like you're saying what's it been like to be starting kind of in the college ab gym basement dungeon with almost no scholarships to fast forward to goodies whatever year with full full funding and brand new room brand new facility bunch of fans in the rack it's uh It's been super surreal. Some days I'm looking at the wall, looking at my picture on the wall. I'm like, this is crazy. It doesn't feel like it's been like two years ago. This feels like 10 years ago. Like it's, it definitely feels like everything's been on fast forward. But when I went to grad school starting in like 2019, I started the one thing I remember writing down. And one of my goals was, you know, I, the question was asked, what if you could accomplish your 10 year goal in one year? And I thought about that for a long time and I was, I was journaling about it a lot. And it really felt feels like for Rutgers, it's like some of these things that we've able to accomplish, it's like we shrunk a 10 year goal into maybe like one or two years. And we're, we're even pushing that bar farther. Now the goal is to be winning a national team trophy at the national, at the national tournament. And we got guys like Sebastian Rivera, John Paz, Turley, uh, Kennard, Van Brill chauver D- dean peterson sammy alvarez boone mcdermott you know our whole starting roster greg Bolsack transfer from clarion and all these guys are i would be shocked if none of those names i just mentioned weren't wrestling at the national tournament at least um that's how good our team is this year so pre-ranked 14th i think all of us 30 guys on the roster and four coaching and one director of ops i think we all 100 percent believe that's not that that's going to be placed higher at the national tournament than that so it's exciting every day has been fun today it's like the coaches are fired up because the morale it's almost like it's almost like on so surreal how high the energy in the room's been it's almost like we just feel everybody feels it good things are happening in Rutgers wrestling and as a coach it's so exciting to show up to work to do it Rutgers
0: great. Anthony Ashnell, Anthony, thank you so much for your time and your great insight on this year's team. Best of luck as, as you begin your coaching career. And uh, we look forward to uh, rooting on the wrestling team this year. Definitely uh, looking forward to, to talking to you during the season as well.
1: Okay, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on and uh, thank you. Go Knights.
0: Thanks so much to Anthony Ashnell for joining us this episode. It was great to catch up with him and talk about his career, both as a wrestler, continuing as a, a Team USA uh, member, and then also obviously his transition into the program as an assistant coach. I think he obviously brings a lot to the table, and it's exciting to, to see how he does in terms of developing some of these younger wrestlers. Uh, recruiting has been off the charts for for head coach Scott Cadell of late, and uh, you have to imagine that they're uh, having an opportunity to work with Anthony Archinal is a a big selling point. And he just, uh, I just think he, you know, is really ready for this phase. Uh, I loved what he had to say in terms of having the uh, potential to really help shape the student athletes' lives and and really uh, get them to the next level, both on the mat and off the mat. And it's just a great role model and uh, absolute uh, great uh, example of someone that represents Rutgers in in all the right ways, truly a Rutgers legend with what he did uh, in his career and now um, making an impact with head coach Scott Goodell and assistant Donny Pritzloff, really such a, a fantastic staff and, and the job that Goodell has done. Obviously it's been said many times, but um, should never be forgotten and, and always be reminded of how far he has taken records wrestling uh, and really exciting to see how much farther they can go this season. Uh, stay tuned uh, at on the banks during this bye week Well, plenty of coverage. One thing I did want to mention before I go Rutgers women's basketball alum, Kalia Copper, won the WNBA finals this past weekend and was named finals MVP, uh, the second uh, Rutgers player uh, behind Cappy Pondexter to ever win a finals MVP. She really just, on, a, on a, in, a, in a series where there were several legends playing, she stole the show and she was unbelievable. Uh, so Kalia Copper, uh, WNBA champion, finals MVP, congratulations to her. Uh, lots of exciting things to go on uh, with Rutgers, both in the fall season, winter season approaching, and uh, we'll have it all covered here at On The Banks. Thank you for listening once again, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Follow On The Banks on Twitter, at OTB underscore SB Nation, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.